to the old GD show, the show where we bring up a word or a phrase to spark a conversation about the related media. This is your tragic character host, Jeff Blanchard, and my childhood friend character, Delanor. Hello, Delanor. <laughs> Hello, Jeff. Oh, gee, Jeff, it's great to be here with you sure. and everything we've done together throughout our whole childhood, and oh, I'm with you to the end of the line. Sure. It's like Sam Wise and Bucky and stuff, all they say, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I think the relationships between kind of those two characters can kind of vary, where they're more like rivals, usually in terms of, like, relationships. Yeah, bit. yeah, they're trying to one-up each other or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes there's, like, a straight man goofball kind of relationship. Yeah. Which they, you know, they've kind of honed into various comedies and whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. I mean, that's from the beginning, like Abbott and Costello, pretty much. And sure. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have a preference on which one of the two you kind of enjoy more? Um. I and I think I flip flopped pretty pretty early on. Um, because I remember like shows like Rugrats and Keenan and Kel is actually a pretty good example because I was like the comedy duo in our youth um mm. like i really liked the serious one the straight man first like uh chucky was my favorite rug rat as and then um like keenan also but then i i flip-flopped uh pretty later on uh to the silly ones uh phil and lil and uh kel being my go-tos i don't know why i don't know i kind of became maybe my shift in friends into middle school like uh kind of became more friends with the class clowns then but yeah and i feel like with kids it's usually the other way around where they kind of like the goofy silly ones right then they come to like the kind of like dry humor like cat dog i think is a good example (laughs) of that too in a way oh yeah yeah very good buddy comic duo yeah well yeah that's a great example because i did like cat at first and then i switched to dog yeah I think I just got tired. I wanted to be the entertainer. I wanted to break into the spotlight, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen each other in a few weeks. What have you been watching, playing, etc.? Um, I've been playing... I picked up Hyrule Warriors again. I know <clears throat> I've mentioned that a couple of times, but I just uh, decided to kind of pick away with it. Um, so nothing really new in terms of playing. Uh but I, I've been watching a lot of Netflix. I finished up BoJack Horseman just in time for them to announce that they're doing one final season. So that kind of sucks. Um, and I've been watching, yeah, a lot of Netflix, I guess. I watch, there's the new Paul Rudd show. Have you seen that at all? I Living just, with yourself? I saw the preview for it, but I haven't watched it at all. Yeah, watched like uh i think the first half of it at this point uh, it's pretty good i love i mean i love paul rudd he's it's interesting you see him play two parts so hmm. it's fun so he's uh, like, yeah. like a twin of himself or something or like his inner voice or something um no he's physically there it's not a twin i don't want to spoil it because it is kind of a cool reveal but uh like due to something gone awry they're there used to be one Paul Rudd, and now there are two actual Paul Rudds. Huh. Uh, I've been watching... I actually just finished uh, Family Matters. 
Oh, yes. Finally finished it. How many seasons was that? Nine. Wow. Yeah. I forgot it got canceled. Uh, Yeah, I didn't really think of it as being canceled. I thought it just ended, you know, finished. But I guess it got canceled towards the end. Did it end on a cliffhanger? Uh, not ish, but not really. Like, it's kind of, it sets up their wedding, like, Stephen or oh, wow. like, finally get, like, find each other. Find, yeah. And, like, the last season. It's weird how many characters they replace, too. Like, the little girl from, like, the first season goes away. The aunt goes away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty common back then, I think. And now people are like up in arms people have to be written out of shows if their contract expires rather than replaced i don't know why it's i don't know i guess it speaks to star power maybe yeah it's weird that the it was like the mom's spin-off show like harriet's spin-off show from Perfect oh Strangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and she right. gets replaced in the last season too <laughs> it like becomes an urkel show uh it goes real like i know you talked about it going off the rails with stefan or kel yeah, yeah. Uh, man, does it go deeper than that? They time travel. Um, <laughs> they had a Halloween. Uh, yeah, I remember the Halloween one. He gets a yeah. It's kind of like that old Goosebumps with the puppet, where the puppet like chases around, around and stuff like that. Oh, Slappy. Uh, yeah, it's like that one. <laughs> yeah, they do one of those. Creepy. Yeah, he's multi generational because Slappy creeps out my kid too. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's very Chucky-esque, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, dolls are just creepy. Yeah, Steve clones himself, and he, the clone permanently switches into Stefan, so Steve and Stefan are two separate people towards the end. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Laura has to, uh, like, choose between them who she loves. <laughs> and there's, it's kind of funny to think about. They have to change, like, they have to dress as each other and pretend to be each other, so it's one actor pretending to be two different people, <laughs> pretending to be the other person. Oh my gosh. It's really it strange. Incepted me. Yeah. <laughs> so many layers. And he plays, like, like three other versions of his, like, different cousins. He plays a girl named Myrtle. Myrtle Urkel. <laughs> he plays, like, this, like, gangsta cousin called, uh, like, OGD. It's all Jaleel White? Yep. And then he plays that weird Asian character who comes back three times. <laughs> I do not remember that at all. And in one of them, uh, one of the bullies is um, Jason David Frank. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've never seen him in anything else besides Power Rangers and his YouTube web series. Yeah, he plays a uh, bad guy, like a gang member called Skull. And uh... Whoa, No way, it can't be Skull. Because Bulk and Skull were in... <laughs> I wonder if it's a reference. Oh my gosh. Maybe. And uh, I think he also brings... Uh, Carl turns into the Asian stereotype, and so do both of the kids. And I think one of the kids beats him up as, like, in that kind of, like, white, weird Asian, like, martial artist uniform. <laughs> what the hell? It's very strange. Yeah. I, I don't remember it going that off the rails either. Yeah. Really I don't think I watched a season nine. Yeah, it really like the last two episodes are him going to space. <laughs> so it's very much. Uh, have you watched Roseanne? I, I I'm aware of the ending, like how it. Yeah, really, the last season just yeah. goes bonkers too. Or saying elsewhere, I know that's like a famous ending, also where it's all in the autistic kid's head the whole time. Yeah, a, a very common trope. It was all a dream or 
and someone said do you like that type of ending oh uh, well we might get to it in okay. one of my categories all right like jacob's ladder or whatever like that where it was just like they were you know it's different from the sixth sense where it's like oh it was you know it's this projected thing it's the hero's journey but you're not really i don't know yeah I'm not sixth really sense is that. more about like perspective i think rather than like <laughs> crazy i don't know yeah yeah do you know jacob's ladder it's like the testing thing no i've never heard of that it's like a horror if uh it's kind of like if captain america was real and like the real results of like people trying to make a super soldier and like the bad stuff that would happen with it yeah that uh yeah to spoil it sorry <laughs> it's a guy who is dying and the whole movie is like his last like visions of his past and all this stuff oh, okay. and like what's happening but it's just he's just lying there basically the whole time but gotcha i i hate that type of like oh, i do yeah it's just to me i'm like somebody i remember there being a theory of like um harry potter before it fully finished of it like being a dream or it being in his head the whole time and i'm like yeah. to me that would be such a fuck you ending you know what i mean that's funny because when we were in screenwriting class together that is the type of movie that i was writing oh man i i really <laughs> hate that because it's to me that's just like that's what it seems like it seems like what did you build this world for like what was this you know what i mean especially with like harry potter like if that had been like oh, oh this yeah. is the dream the whole time it's like well that's like a whole world building yeah i could see <sighs> why you feel <sighs> yeah i don't know well, let's jump into it. Yeah, we can get into movies then, because that segues perfectly. Um, a tried and true trope that I like. Um, the exact, uh, the either yeah, it was in my head all along, or the antagonist was me all along. Slash like schizophrenia. Mm. Um, I just like that twist. I think <laughs> it can be well done. Like. Uh, at, um, uh, like a good, I guess an example of it, have you, did you have Fight Club spoiled? Have you seen Fight Club? Sure. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, did I you don't... have it spoiled for you when you, before you saw it? Probably. Yeah, I know I did. So it wasn't a big surprise to me, the ending, which yeah. spoiler for this 20 year old movie, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are the same person. Um, but I liked it. But it didn't surprise me because it was on I Love the 90s, I think. But um, I think that's, I mean, did you like the ending to that? Um, have you ever read the book? No, I've, but I know it's a different ending. Yeah, I've heard it's a different ending, like they create a fight club in heaven or something. <laughs> and, yeah, I heard the author likes the movie ending better. Uh, and then there's like, they in comics, they, may, they have a fight club too. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that they made, like, I think a few years ago. But, I don't know, I, I actually, I like Fight Club, but it's kind of like, it's one of those things where it was a movement to be like, oh, this is not a good thing, and then people started oh, yeah. fight clubs after that. Yes, agreed, yeah. The whole movie is, like, about how it's terrible, and what a mistake it all was. Um, but, yeah, I think that's an example of I, a how it can be done well at least because that movie is pretty like iconic not iconic but well you know, well received cult classic, um maybe. but then i know there uh, there was one i remembered 
It's from the, like the early 2000s or the mid 2000s. And I think it's called Hide and Seek, maybe, but it's got Robert De Niro and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Fanning yeah. in it. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that that one ends up being like Dakota Fanning has an imaginary friend and he's evil or whatever. And then it, or is it a ghost? Is it blah blah blah? And it turns out, oh, it was it was her dad who has schizophrenia or whatever. Yeah. Which is always I don't. That's not how schizophrenia works. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, there's varying degrees of it, but uh, yeah, he's had some type of psychotic break where he's kind yeah. of like he doesn't know what's going on, but then he figures it out later. Yeah, he yeah. Killed his wife or something. Yeah, there's something like that. I can't. I like. I I couldn't remember the title of the movie. That might be it. But um, yeah, I just remember in the like way in the beginning, knowing like that's the same person. It's it's gonna be him, and he just doesn't know it. So I don't think it executed. That was a bad example. Yeah, like I don't mind that where it's like a fleshed out story, and then there's a reveal like that. Or Sixth Sense, or uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Sixth Man with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where it's about clones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I like that, but the one where it's like, none of this really happened or really mattered, that to me is such a fuck you to the audience. Um, I do have then uh, Shutter Island. Did you ever see that? Uh, is that that plot? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. It ends up like um, Leo DiCaprio is a it's like the 19 whatever 20s or something i don't know uh and he's sent to shutter island to he's a detective and he's supposed to solve like some haunting mystery there and all this crazy stuff is happening there but then it turns out that whoever is the owner or paying him to do this of the island is actually like the head of an asylum and he's like trying he's been trying to like let leo live out his like whatever his alter his his psychotic episodes to like kind of heal him and it turns out that like everyone there was an actor or a doctor or a nurse or something mm-hmm. what about that <laughs> i think that's a little bit different like um have you ever i know you're not a huge fan of john cusack but have you ever seen identity no i think that's another good example of that kind of thing i won't spoil it because i think it's a decent movie but it, it hmm. has to do with like an, an identity issue like where people all meet at the motel and they all yeah, say yeah, birthday or something yeah I, yeah i actually I, I do remember wanting to see that when it was coming out but being conflicted because of my john cusack opinions yeah classic john cusack i think is the better one that he doesn't like talking Um, another example of it in I think they actually mentioned it in um, How Did This Get Played there's this old like JRPG where you play like Frederick Chopin like the the musician the musical composer wait there's a game like that isn't there a rhythm game like that Uh, well there's a JRPG it's like a fighting JRPG (laughs) where you play Frederick Chopin and like the whole game is like his like death throes so it's probably like a 40 hour game you're just like <laughs> not really happening huh I, mean, I don't know that whole thing where it's just like it was just a dream all along like like the plot of the movie didn't really matter just it really bugs me as a you know as a a, a device I like you know non-linear stuff but that doesn't work for me gotcha I don't know okay yeah I see what you're saying now 
Like, I think there is a difference between the two. Like, you don't want it to be a total fantasy. Yeah, that to me just really bothers me as a, as a device. Like, tell the story, or, like, non-linear story, but the idea that it, none of it actually happened seems like a real bullshit move. Like, why did I listen to this? I don't know. Have you ever uh, seen... You probably haven't seen Sucker Punch. That was... uh, I They reviewed it on How Did This Get Made, and I'm yeah. aware of it. I've never seen it either, but I that's like one of those things where they're escaping a like, psychi- psychiatric ward or something, yeah. but they think they're like in giant mechs or yeah. something else. It, it also... It, apparently it had a lot of really problematic kind of themes and stuff. Like it's all like a weird rape thing. Uh, from what I heard, Zack Snyder, early John Hamm is in that. Really, early John Hamm, early um, Oscar Isaac. Oh man, earliest John Hamm is on some dating show. Have you ever seen that clip? No, it's pretty funny. He's so young. And uh, Fight Club, early uh, maybe earliest Jared Leto. Yeah, true. Yeah, maybe I, I couldn't even recognize him when I saw it. He's Although he gets his face, guy. like, caved in, so... Yeah, Edward Horn beats the crap out of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, what did you have? I I went to, um, kind of confirmed a lot of my stuff on tvtropes.com. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever used that site before. Uh, maybe in the past. It's a good site for this kind of thing, where it's just, like, it, like, identifies pretty much every trope in existence. Yeah. Um, mine is called Death by Irony. Um, it so the idea is that like a person is kind of like intending to use. It's usually a bad guy who's like using a certain thing of like killing people, or there's a way that like uh, people are doing certain things, and it comes back to bite them in a karmic kind of way. There's also karmic irony, which is pretty or death by karma, which is yeah. the same kind of deal. Like um, the. What I chose is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I love that movie. Is there a specific Death by Irony? Oh, the um, yeah, yeah. Is it Christopher Lloyd? Is that no? Yes, it is yeah. Christopher. Lloyd. Yeah, it is him. Yep. He wants to destroy Toontown with this dip. Like, yeah. And then, like that, is inevitably what is destroys destroys him. Yeah, it's scary, like, scene where he, like, melts in this acid in this kid's movie. (laughs) I remember it being very It was a weird movie. I I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember being like, oh, just a rabbit makes me feel weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Every nerd's dream. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's him. Didn't that break a lot of weird barriers because it's, like, partially, like, cartoon and partially real? Yeah, I think it's a huge, like, technological achievement for film. Uh, I love it so much. And, uh, yeah, it also features, like, both Warner Brothers and Disney characters. It's pretty groundbreaking, I think. Yeah, and when Christopher Lloyd transforms, I remember it being, like, really creepy. Yeah, yeah, his, like, eyes pop out. I remember that. I think a similar-looking thing, I've never actually seen it, but Cool World, like... No, yeah, that's like the horny version. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see it now, but I, you know, but I. It's not very good. No, have you you've seen it? Uh, yeah, I didn't really pay attention though because it wasn't very good. Okay, I might see it at some point. I don't know, but, uh, like, but yeah, it's also it's it's very early like cartoon and blending. 
Yeah, there there's a lot of stuff like that that I kind of like where it's like uh, the in Spider Man like the Green Goblin like impales himself with his own like speeder thing. Yeah. Like uh, the I think the the guy the bad guy from uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame like had some type of thing where he had been killing people in a certain way. Like it, there's always like some type of thing like that, and I thought it had been recurring a lot more in Disney films. Um, one really weird thing was, uh, it's more in um, TV, but in Full Metal Alchemist, all the the homunculus, which I don't know if you ever got to them, they're all based no. on the seven deadly sins, and the way that they die. Oh yeah, yeah, is based on the description of their punishment in Dante's Inferno. Ah, like it's okay. kind of interesting the way it works out. Huh, yeah, they they were the uh, one thing I was interested in that show. Yeah, yeah, they are all the embodiments of the seven deadly sins, and they are all kind of punished through their kind of allegorical Dante Inferno things. Like, uh, I think Wrath is has to do battle with like. Scar, who's like an intensely religious person, like, in it has to do with like the wrathful and sullen of, in hell or whatever. I don't know. It's been a while since I've read the Inferno. I have never read it. Uh, have you ever? Oh damn it! Oh yeah, uh, seen any Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Uh, I think I've seen like the first two, maybe. I haven't seen any, but I know, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of death by irony in, like, the hell dreams that Freddy makes. Mm. Yeah, that's early Johnny Depp, but not that early. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The first one, I think he gets sucked into the bed and then, like, blown up or something. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on a, a slasher fix lately, so I might turn that on soon. Yeah. Have you been listening to uh, In Myers We Trust? Not In Myers, because it's a behind a paywall. But uh, okay. I'm finishing up In Voorhees, and I've been watching the worst Friday the 13th movies <laughs> alongside. Yeah. The Myers ones are, are pretty... The first one is like three and a half hours long. It's such oh, a long geez. episode. It's really good. Yeah. I, yeah, I love their chemistry. It's really yep. fun. Uh, yeah. All right. What do you have for TV? Um, oh, I like me a good, you know, J.J. Abrams is great at this. You know, you got this box. What's inside of it? It's a mystery. It could go anywhere. In TV, you just keep <laughs> planting these mystery boxes. Like, what's behind the hatch? What's, why does that statue only have four toes? Who are the others? And it just keeps you wrapped up and you're like, I need to know all the answers. And by the end, they don't tell you typically. But uh, I lost it. I just like a mystery box. I think with TV, it gets me wrapped up because there's, there's so much to flesh. I mean, I don't like padding in TV shows. So, I, I mean, flesh it out with a mystery box, I guess. I know a lot of people hate it. I know a lot of people hate Lost because it didn't answer a lot of them, but that's what kept me going on it. Uh, a show I currently watch that I think does it well is Attack on Titan. It opens a few mystery boxes at a time. But 
like the basement. Just, yeah, exactly. Yep, and like the Beast Titan for a while, and just like kind of giving you little hints at this bigger world, but not telling you for a very long time. And you're fully caught up on Attack on Titan, right? Yes. That yep. scene where it's in the past with his father talking to that guy, like, near the wall. There's yeah. a scene where he references the future. I found that scene very, like, that is what that is to me. Like, he references, like, we have to protect Eren and Mikasa and Armin. And he's like, who? Oh, yeah, I didn't that? even, I don't think I realized that. Because they were just jumping backward and forward, like, in flashbacks so much that I didn't even think about. This is in the past when I saw that. Because there were cars, and I was <laughs> so blown away in that episode. I was like, there's cars here. Yeah. I think that just took me 22 minutes to wrap my head around. and I couldn't... Yeah, it was such a strange scene. I'm like, wait, how does this guy who's, like, 20 years behind this actually happening, how does he know who these very three specific like that to me, I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, because they have all, they have all these, what, there's like seven or nine special titans now that they say, and like, they can do different things. I don't know, maybe one can see the future. One can erase people's minds, so yeah. I guess anything's possible. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think they do that in um, in a comic. There's a, uh, I think, a Justice League comic that came out in 2016, so that's a little bit older now, maybe. But um, Batman has created these different boxes, like physical boxes, that uh, have an answer for what happens if any one of the Justice League goes rogue and they have to take them down. Uh. And he shows... Uh, like, each person has a specific thing in them. And a few you get right. to see. And he shows uh, Superman the one for Wonder Woman, and there's nothing in it. And he's like, what does that mean? He's like, you have to take her down. Like, that's the only thing That's the only thing that can stop her if she goes rogue. Huh. And then the very last one, Batman's like, this one's for me, and you don't get to see it. He, you can see that he shows it to Superman, and he's like, Bruce, what this is. But you never see what's actually inside it. Like, huh. that to me I was like I want to know so bad right right yeah yeah it's a literal mystery box which to me is like super arrogant of Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne to do to be like hey Superman who could kill me anytime you wanted to right. if you really wanted to like here's the only thing that can stop me <laughs> yeah yeah that's I mean that's how he flexes Batman yeah He's got a flex. That's all he has. He's just a human. He's just a man. That is true. Uh, so, do you have any other examples of that in TV? Because I know, obviously, Lost is a good example of that. Um, of a mystery box. Yeah. What about like? I don't know if you watched um, Walking Dead. I feel like that's the same kind. Oh of thing. yeah. Yeah, because they always kind of tease, like, where'd this character, where'd this come from, or where'd this character go? They're like, yeah. Um, what was I... Uh, the Flash kind of does it sometimes. Like, not... But, the like, at the end of every episode, there's just, like, some weird tease. It's not exactly a mystery box, but it's a weird tease for the next episode. 
Like they do it every time, and it's like for the overarching plot. I don't know. It's odd. I don't know if it. I'm consider it a mystery box. Um, Dollhouse was a show that did it. I think. Um, that was a Joss Whedon show after Buffy with Eliza Dushku in it, and it was, like, about programmable people, kind of, but, yeah, I think that, I, I like that show, uh, I don't think it did very well, but I liked it. <laughs> I mean, Buffy probably did it at, at a few points, I feel like Angel did, too. Yeah, I think, yeah, Buffy would tease, like, bad guys, um, there were some, I think, yeah, some in the later overarching, like, who, like, the glory season, where they fought a god. I think that was pretty mystery boxes. Yeah, because there was, like, when they introduced Buffy's sister. Yeah, that was that was a mystery box season. Season five of Buffy, yes. Because you're like, why does Buffy have a sister now? Why is there this super strong lady who's a goddess? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff going on then. Mine is a, it's a wrestling term, a professional wrestling term that is used in a bunch of different stuff. It is a heel face turn. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Uh, no. Explain <laughs> the wrestling choreography and the trope. The, uh, uh both. in wrestling, the bad guys in wrestling are called heels. Oh, true, yes. And good guys are called faces. And this okay. is when a bad guy turns into a good guy through various actions, and that's it's one All of my right. favorite things in a lot of stuff. And my one of my other stuff is related but different. Um, it's so, a bad guy turning to good guy, yes. specifically. Yeah. Okay. I don't really like the other way around because I want the good guys to win. <laughs> yeah. Typically. Um, my example is Dragon Ball Z. Pretty much everyone. <laughs> Everyone turns good at the end. Uh, not well, they not all, really. They hug. Like it, one of the big bads of the first kind of few seasons is Vegeta, which is kind yes. of this uh, bad alien who's fighting against the Earthlings to get the Dragon Balls and kill everyone. And they do end up killing a bunch of people in their initial battle with the Z fighters. And over time, he kind of mellows out and has to team up with the Earthlings to kind of he's an anti-hero well, yeah he becomes kind of an anti-hero where he's just kind of doing his own thing but he's also fighting other bad guys but he's still an a-hole the whole time right and he slowly becomes a good guy where he fights alongside everyone else yeah 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 this is uh it's kind of a a spike <clears throat> from buffy situation spike also angel yeah exactly yeah he, he was bad for like three seasons and then he redeemed himself but was still kind of a dick yeah he's kind of anti-hero shadow the hedgehog sure he did a heel face turn yeah it's a it's a super popular trope it's uh you know it happens in naruto a bunch of people turn that are bad guys or maybe they're not you know bad guys they're just assholes (laughs) they become more mellow they mellow out and help the good guys neji it's one of the characters that kind of does that. Sasuke is kind of an a-hole, but he kind of mellows out over time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something that I really like is thematically, where it's like, it's a redemption, I guess. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I like to see it with uh, unlikely characters, too. It happens in Jackie Chan Adventures. I think that was one of the first times I probably saw it. But uh, Toru, the guy, one of the bad guys, after in the second season, he turns good. I don't know if it was well done there. I don't know if Toru had the character development to do it in this early 2000s Jackie Chan cartoon, but I still like him. He's a good guy. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, <laughs> but it's just like it hasn't really been on. I don't know if it's available easily. It was on Netflix for a while. I'm not sure if it's there anymore. Yeah. They have a thing that looks just like it now there, too. It's I can't remember what it was called. I saw somebody was reviewing it, and it looked very similar to it. Except, like, yeah. a, an adult version of it, so it's more violent or whatever. Well, I, uh... I just learned a couple years ago, that wasn't Jackie Chan doing the voice. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't sound a thing like him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he would answer questions after the show, so... <laughs> And it was called Jackie Chan Adventures. I just assumed I loved him so much. And then, you know, you watch him in interviews, and you're like, oh, he doesn't speak. He only knows his lines. He doesn't speak English, like, that well. Yeah. Does he... You know, I think when I first watched that, I think it says he's on the show. And I might even say... It might even say he's the voice of it. Because I feel like I thought that for a little while. But I'm like, how is it him? Because it... I, I never really thought it was truly him, because it sounded nothing like him. I was all in. I thought <laughs> I thought it was a documentary. Yeah. Him and Uncle fighting. Yeah. Jade. With his niece, Jade. Yeah. <laughs> Collecting magic talismans and whatever the hell else he did. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Underrated show. Definitely. Yeah. Uh... Music. I feel like this was a weird one. I didn't. This. I think I came up with this pretty quickly. Um, I love a good call and response in a song, or like at a concert, especially because I just like to sing along and be a part of it if I'm excited enough. Sure. But yeah. Um, I think of a classic song like the the My Generation by the Who. You know, talking about my generation, like you say that after every line that oh, they okay. say, pretty much. So you know, like the audience or backup singers have a specific uh, verse to call back one after, like the lead singer goes, call, respond. Sure. Um, uh, baby metal has a great song to do it. I want to get to baby metal in a later episode, so I won't go too far. But they have a song called Onedari Dase Kusen, and it's like a very I like it in like rap too a lot. I guess they do it like when you're doing a rap battle, kind of. Uh, that that's that kind of song. It's all in Japanese though. But how do you feel about uh, Sweet Caroline? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's I mean. Being in New England, that's what they do at the freaking Fenway Park all the time. But um, I just hate the "It's so good, so good." It is hard. It is awkward to announce <laughs> that with people. Um, yeah, I like just being a part of it. I like being in my car and singing back to it. I like being at a concert and yelling back to them. 
it's a nice group activity i feel like you know i had to get off topic but i was thinking about how relevant uh or i should say prevalent house music and like dance music was in the 90s like with like ace of bass and like eiffel 65 and stuff like that and like the blue man group i think really came into their own around that i don't know it's a very strange thing to think about i don't know just think about that (laughs) <laughs> just think of the house music of the 90s yeah like ace of bass i think was the biggest one or um yeah they i think so what's uh, that one i mean even like fat boy slim was kind of in that territory yeah like the more electronic kind of stuff and house yeah ish yep. stuff dance music be my lover i was thinking about that one be my lover gotta be my <laughs> yeah kylie minogue that yeah better? stuff like that I don't know if that's her, but yeah. I, I think of Kylie Minogue when I think about, like, 90s dance. big hit that I can't think of? Um, I don't know. She's huge in Australia. I know, and uh, I made a joke about her stuff <laughs> recently, and I was just like, oh, can't get you out of my head. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, the think, the big U.S. one. Yeah. Yeah, it was very mainstream then. I don't know why. I just wanted to rave, I guess. Rave. That was the rave time, I think, Fair wasn't time, it? I guess. The 90s. uh yeah mine is something that a lot of times i listen to the radio when i'm kind of like driving to work uh and since i'm living in the bible belt i found this more (laughs) like happening more and more where it's i'm calling it disguised christian songs oh i thought you were gonna say rock and roll no (laughs) no uh, you can't find that at all uh, there's a you know the comedian uh, Mike Birbiglia. No, no, he has a bit about it um, where he talks about like a, a song that he doesn't. Re- he's like, I've been listening to religious music on accident, <laughs> where it's like I got up and got some oatmeal and put some maple syrup on it, and Christ is God. <laughs> like that kind of like that kind of thing where it's like right. it. Specifically, uh, up back, uh, I was I used to listen to this metal band called From Autumn to Ashes. Do you remember oh, them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember them. They would occasionally have some softer songs with this lady uh, named Melanie something or other, I believe. But she had her own band uh, called One True Thing, which was kind of a Christian band, but a lot of it, the time it was like disguised under just like kind of like pseudo rock kind of stuff like her mm. their most popular song was called never alone and it was <laughs> a reference to god yeah. he's always there yeah they i've just found more and more examples of that one i'm just like oh i kind of like this song and then you're just like and then you hear something and you're just like i think this might be a religious song but i'm not not sure and then they're like, and Jesus will be there. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. it definitely is. Or um, Under Oath has a bunch of stuff, because they're a Christian metal band, right. apparently. Yeah, I always used to like P.O.D. And I I mean, I knew they were a Christian band, but I, I don't hear or listen to lyrics well enough to really pick up on stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, they're a Christian band, but I mean, it's not like they sing about christianity or anything they just are all christians that's why they call themselves a christian band but i i don't know i don't think i've ever listened to them uh 
intently enough to figure it out on my own. Yeah, I don't know. I've always just really liked lyrics a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I'm the opposite. They just wash over me. And I make them up. <laughs> yeah, like I think I mentioned on another episode we did, like, oh, how, how much I liked that song, The Freshman. Like that one hit one. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know any, like, the experience of that song, but I, I enjoy the lyrics. I only remember, did I tell the, the prom assembly story about the freshman? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, when, I, I'm not sure which year it was, but one year where I was going to prom, they had, like, the assembly to tell, like, you not to drink and drive and stuff and be responsible and make responsible decisions. And so they open up with, like, a slideshow about news footage of a kid who died like a young kid who died drunk driving and they were playing the freshman behind it and like the whole assembly starts waving their hands in the air and like singing along and then the clip show or whatever ends and the kid's parents got up on stage to talk about it and it was a really yeah yucky sombering moment i wasn't raising my hands i didn't know the lyrics see that's a good like situation where I did not know the lyrics to the song, so I didn't sing along. Uh, but yeah, it was a pretty sombering, bad moment. So that it was a prom assembly. Yeah. So did the whole school go, or was it just people going to prom? Yeah, they just had anyone going to blah blah prom this weekend. Okay. Please report to this for an assembly. That's why I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember them specifically saying that, and my friends who weren't going were like, they don't know I'm not going to prom, <laughs> and they just skipped out on class anyway. Yeah. But yeah, you know how, like, in high schools, they'll tow a beat-up car into the parking lot yeah. and say, this happened. I do remember that. that. Was their, yeah, that was their way of doing it to us. And we, some kids just thought it was time to sing along, mm -hmm. but... I do remember they brought a guy who had been in an accident and survived uh, and he kind of had like a weird kind of way of speaking because he had been, you know, brain damage right. or whatever. Do you remember that? I don't remember that, no. Yeah, the guy kind of had this very kind of slow kind of, is it really worth a couple of beers guys? Like it sounded like he was doing a bit or something, but it was a guy yeah. who had brain damage from an accident. Yeah, I'm not. Scared straight. Yep. That's how you do it. But also, teenagers are shits, and they'll just... Do it anyway. Poke fun at it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you got a book? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's switch gears. Um, of course I don't. <laughs> um, uh, I couldn't really think of book tropes. I mean, there's always different styles of writing. I guess I like... I mean... I copped out because this is in really any medium, but I like fourth wall breaking. And I don't, I mean, I don't have any examples of that. Well, I like experimentation with writing. Um, I've talked about the things they carried before, which is like kind of like a diaries from Vietnam type thing, but it's also kind of a commentary on. So it's a commentary on like, well, memory, like memory isn't reliable and like this is as much as it's supposed to be a work of non-fiction because it's from like the author's real experiences but it's he's like it take it as a work of fiction because it's from memory i don't have like 
any solid facts or anything to back this up. This just all comes from my mind. So, and uh, he he speaks in that kind of voice to the reader. So, I don't know, some sort of like fourth wall breaking where it's not necessarily like third person. I guess it is third person omniscient kind of like the writer sees all. But in that specific instance, the writer was also kind of the protagonist of the story as well. Hmm. So turn that into a trope. I don't know. <laughs> Make that a wrestling move. I have no idea yeah. what you call it. Um, I just like, uh, I, I just, I like the writer kind of playing with talking directly to the reader. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, in I think in uh, Slaughterhouse Five, yeah, they kind of do that too. Yeah, yep. Kurt Vonnegut, yeah, uh, that makes sense. He he does a lot of that. Um, same with whatever the Ice Nine one, Cat's Cradle. That one again does the same thing too, where yeah. he knows the outcome of the whole story already, and he's kind of teasing it throughout the thing. But yeah, yeah, I think there are times where he it's kind of like his. One of his various avatars, Billy Pilgrim, where he's kind of like talking to the audience, you know, to the reader, and then kind of do, also doing the story at various points. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got there in the end. Yeah. It's something I, it is a fourth wall break, but I think, I don't know. I think because it revolves around a certain element of nonfiction, it, it seems appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, it Slaughterhouse Five there's also like weird alien stuff also. Like yeah. That's also, or whatever. Yeah, they're also that's also just like a way of coping maybe. the narrator talking kind yeah. or convention of storytelling. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, my book one was another comic one. Uh very similar to my TV one, but maybe a little bit different. Uh, it's a hero-villain team-up. Yeah. I love that. Um, it happens a lot of the time in, like, I don't know, Batman or whatever. Like, the Batman has to actually team up with the Joker for some weird reason. And a lot of the times the Joker is, like, tricking him. Like, it's some, like, elaborate ploy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Batman doesn't kill his victims or not as victims they're not victims that way but as opponents so it's gonna team up with them once in a while yeah uh in final crisis which was a big dc event um a bunch of people are essentially trying to destroy uh reality and then a bunch of people that are villains on earth team up with the superman and whatever to combat it like lex Luthor and superman team up to you know, save reality because Lex Luthor doesn't benefit from it being destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Or Secret Invasion, which is another big event where the Marvel heroes and villains try and fight the Skrulls who have, like, oh, been right. posing as all the Marvel heroes and villains and replacing them over time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. Like, you'd see, like, uh, Bullseye like aiming at spider-man and daredevil and some other people then it would like show him like shooting three other scrolls or whatever instead like they were actually cool. teaming up it'd be cool 
Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, in the movies X2 doing that when the X-Men teamed up with Magneto. Huh. It, was pretty, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like a hero of a team up where there's like a bigger bad to kind of take care of. Yeah, like, there's, put your differences aside, X-Men United, like, we're all X-Men. Yeah, I think they do that in some of the later X-Men movies where, you know, Mystique or whatever is helping them. Oh yeah, she's, she's good now, and yeah, Magneto is sometimes helping, sometimes he's one of the four horsemen, oh, yeah. Uh, did you have a, uh, game thing? Yeah, well, at first I wrote down, um, like, rhythm-based, but then I was like, no, that's more of a game mechanic than a trope. Then I wrote down free-flow combat, and I was like, that's more of a game mechanic than a trope also. But, uh, I went to inventory management. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Love a good... that's good. Um, like... Because depending on the game, like, you got, well, yeah, like, your character can hold a million things, like, no matter what, like, you got your Legends of Zeldas where Link is just holding all this stuff, and you're like, how could he ever get that much? But now they're, well, now he can hold, like, 99 apples or something, or 999 apples, so I guess he's still, <laughs> but, like, and then you have Fallout where you can only hold so much, and then also when you get to a certain limit, you can't even, like, run anymore, you can only walk, so I like a good, I like a good inventory management system. I don't like it to suck and be, like, meticulous, but I think if it adds, there's a purpose for being there, like, um... A specific one I have, I play this, like, indie game called The Flame and the Flood. It's, like, this survival crafting game where you're going down the... It's, like, post-apocalyptic, which is why I love it. But they're, like, you're cruising down a river and you, like, stop off to various docks and camps to just gather supplies. But you can only hold, like, so much because you're surviving out there but you can also craft like backpacks and like pouches for your backpacks and stuff like that mm. so i like a good thought out like inventory system have you ever seen the resident evil ones uh, yeah i well that stress the, <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta yeah because uh, that game is I, that's why i never really got into resident evil because i always kind of just like try to shoot my way through it. I'm a spray and pray kind of guy. I just like blast my way through things and kick down doors. But like Resident Evil is more about like inventory management, like saving your stuff for where you really need it. And that's why I always suck at them. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but with the Resident Evil ones, they've got like, you know, this weird kind of square grid system where like a rifle might take up like two yeah. by eight and like yeah. it won't fit necessarily with like another rifle that's like eight by two because it's like taking oh. the same amount of space and it, they can't overlap it uh, that stresses me out where it's like well i can only have this one gun and if i want to have all my my healing stuff but i can't have this big gun if i want this other knife or whatever yeah it's yeah it's stressful but i think in a game like that i mean that uh, those games are stressful yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's it's that's what adds to it but it's a survival game and i yeah, yeah i mean you can only have so many resources yeah 
I know, like, with Breath of the Wild, though, it's kind of like, you can hold 99 apples or whatever, 999, but you can only hold, like, six swords or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, I, I, as much as I love Breath of the Wild, I don't, I mean, it makes sense, it's just weird, like, I guess Link has a bag of holding. Yeah. That's, like, the only way to explain it. It's like, pseudo bag of holding, where if you have more Korok seeds, you can have more, but otherwise, <laughs> yeah. it's screw you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you know what you get when you get all the Korok seeds, all like yeah, 900 or. I've seen it. <laughs> big wooden piece of turd. Yeah. It's golden, come on. <laughs> oh, is it gold? I believe so. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't done it. I, don't... <laughs> I have zero interest in collecting 999. Oh, yeah, me neither. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a wooden turd with like <laughs> golden flecks in it, like <laughs> corn. I think it's like a big gold turd. I guess they're all gold turds, technically. Yeah, they, after my friend told me about it, I was like, oh, and then you look at them like, oh, they are just kind of tiny little poops. Yeah. Little dollops. Like, the idea of playing with, you know, the access to that much inventory sounds great, but getting them all sounds awful. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can... I too much time same with all the shrines like i know you get the original tunic and stuff as like a prize for getting for you know unlocking every shrine yeah i got close i think like 12 left or something yeah but just it's like 120 or something right yeah Ugh. yeah which is so i had like 10 percent left too many <laughs> it's a vast world yeah and what did you have for your video games? Mine is something I think I've mentioned before. It is a uh, romantic side quest. So, oh, yeah. in uh, something like Mass Effect or Dragon Age, where mm-hmm. you know you meet, you've got a full party of people, and you kind of like, like, hey, Garrus, what's going on? He's like, oh, there's issues down in my home world, and I don't know what's going <laughs> on. Like, I guess we'll check it out, and you can romance the crap out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Or in yeah, never... Dragon Age or whatever. Yeah, those are ones I've never played. Like, I, I don't know. Time. Any type of game where you can kind of have, like, a romantic kind of subplot where it's kind of, you know, it's an extra thing that you can just have, like, uh, in The Witcher or um, even Stardew Valley. I just kind of really all like right. it. Where it's, you know, you don't need to do that at all, but you can. Yeah. Yeah, well, my wife, she gives me coffee and salads all the time. Sure. Who did you marry? Uh, Leah? Leah, yeah. Yeah, she's my favorite. I, I find her the best looking. Very shallow. <laughs> and she's just, she, no, I just find she's an artist and she loves to live away from everyone on the lake. I'm like, can I move to your house instead? Sure. Uh, she decorates for Halloween like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine is like, oh, uh, she's most physically attractive. Yeah, that's what I'm into. <laughs> Oh no! I like the the goth girl. Oh, <laughs> Abigail. Abigail yeah. plays video games. Yeah. Um. Uh. I remember in uh, Majora's Mask, there's. It's not specifically Link's romance, but he helps. There's like a engaged couple, but the the groom has been turned into like a child. Huh. So you're like you have to it's a side quest where you have to like kind of help them meet up again or like and i remember and uh the it's the innkeeper i think your name's like anju or something and i just remember 
Nah, man, no. <laughs> Let's run away, Anju. He's gone. He's like, it's you and me. I don't want to help this little turd out. No. Uh, it was a romantic side quest that I was like immediately pretty much friend zoned from. Because <laughs> that game's an N64 game, and right. I couldn't really <laughs> condition her to fall in love with you. But you're also a child in that game, so. Yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, actually, there are games where there are, like, kind of romanceable characters in the N64. But, you know, they're not like that, you know. I don't know. They're not that intense, I guess. Like, uh, in Harvest Moon 64, you've got choice yeah, of yeah. five girls or whatever. True, yep. Yeah. I don't know. Just something I've always liked in games where it's like, oh, I can have this extra kind of thing over here. And then if you can romance everyone in some games or more people. Or, like, uh, more than one person, and they're like, oh, I'm sad now, and you, like, ruin, <laughs> ruin someone's life. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, how could you heartbreak that NPC? Like, I know, uh, I think we've seen that guy do the dangerously funny, or whatever, like, romance all yeah. the people. They all Yeah. I was gonna try to do that, romance all the girls, but... Uh, Leah just stole my heart. <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't particularly have a quiz, but I did kind of thinking about the fall thing that we did last time. I know we kind of went between kind of scary stuff and kind of I did more like romantic-ish stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about like a question I could be like, well, this is just a, a question I could give you was like, the idea of fear. I know we did a scary episode. Is there anything in particular you have, are afraid of in stuff? Um, rational fears I should know about. Rational fears. I used to be really afraid of things that glowed in the dark when I did not know what they were. It just freaked me out. I did not like it. It was just like something I needed explained to me. It was some weird mystery. Like if something was glowing in my room when I was trying to go to bed, could not have that. I did not like it. Do you mean like those um, things you crack and put in your Halloween bags, like those types of things? Or even just like a glow in the dark toy or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like an action figure that had glow in the dark features. Or I remember I had a glow in the dark frisbee specifically, and I did not like having that thing in my room because when I was trying to go to bed, <laughs> it was out in the open. I hated that oh. so much. Huh. Um, but yeah, like the unexplained, I guess. Now I mostly fear the future. It's all existential <laughs> fears. Existential fears. Am I passing my social phobia onto my offspring? That's a huge fear of mine. Uh, um, uh, the only thing that... Yeah, because I've been watching horror movies lately because it's the season, and none of them have really scared me. The last thing I re that really scared me was when I was watching Stranger, the first season of Stranger Things alone. I just the recent season I watched by myself, it didn't scare me. But the first season, they like make the comparison, like the scientists say, like there's this big mystery creature that they call the demigorgon, mm -hmm. and you can barely see it for most of the season until like the last episode but they just keep comparing it or the scientists compare it to like it's just like a bear it's just an animal from another dimension mm. but it 
like it's just hunting for food and that just freaked me out because it was just like things like that can exist it was just so like scientifically like explained to me i was like it's just they're just animals we haven't like uh classified yet or whatever it just like freaked me the hell out that things like that were gonna pop up or something since we're on kind of like tropes also is there anything particular in movies that like has typically kind of been like i know i hated chucky when i was a kid no like I me too it, like yeah it freaked me out but like the one in um like goosebump does kind of like eh but the idea of like oh, a murderous one i was kind of like i don't know chucky really freaked me out when i was a kid uh yeah chucky did freak me out uh, uh the movie signs freaked me out hmm. like the aliens and signs did Kind of for, like, the same reason. Although I look at that movie now, I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. Um, but, like, when I was, whatever, 12 and watching it. And there's, like, a... Do you, have you seen that? Sure. It's not, uh, like, Summer Rack or something, but, right? Did we? Oh, jeez. So. I might have seen it before that already. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, we maybe we went to the movies. Uh, but, yeah, there's, like, the scene where there's the birthday party and, like there's a bunch of kids and they're like around the window and they're like look look it's just like kind of just this like home by. movie shot thing and just kind of just, yeah it just walks by so like nonchalantly i'm like ah my god it's just like freak stuff like that i don't know like out in the open stuff for some reason freaks me out too i guess i don't know yeah i think part of that fear of that thing is like you never really get a good look at it like even at the very yeah. end you like kind of see it through like the reflection on the tv i think in that movie yeah yeah it's kind of just standing in the shadow at one point too yeah yeah you never do get a good look yeah probably when it's uh fingers come under the door too i remember that being kind of freaky and he cuts it yeah fingers. yeah me too and then everyone posed the question why can't this advanced species open a door and that kind of <laughs> lesson yeah the fear went away from me yeah, i didn't think of that that's a good point yeah um yeah, but nothing. I mean, I used to have a very active imagination. I I think the last scary episode I might have talked about Ghostbusters scared me a lot when I was a kid. Oh no, my internet's going to die. Yeah, so you're unscary. Not a fan of dolls. <laughs> yeah, no. Not a, not a fan of that alien. The other part of the fall thing I was going to ask you is because of the romantic side. <laughs> I know you, so you went to prom we know that yes did you date in middle school at all um did i um i went to dances with girls at middle school i think i had one girlfriend maybe in middle school but it was that girl it was that young girlfriend type thing where you you just say your boyfriend and girlfriend just for the sake of it and you don't we never like hung out outside of school or anything <laughs> like gotcha. we would talk on instant messenger i guess that was the phone call of the day when we talked on IM all the time, <laughs> but uh, no, nothing serious, <laughs> nothing. Sure. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just weird to think about. Like I feel like we are in a group of just kind of social misfits. No oh yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I, I found that some girls like that. <laughs> some girls are into that. Sure. I don't know. I was just like, well, it. I don't know. It, like, when did you think about, like, I feel like I started liking girls young, maybe younger than everyone else, but maybe not. I, I don't know. Like, when do you think? Um, you... It was probably, I mean, 
Yeah, I think, like, attraction started. Like, I had young puppy loaf, of course, but I think full-on attraction to women started at, like, sixth grade, I think. So, 12, I think, 11 or 12 for me. Yeah, because I was, I don't know, I was thinking about this. We're both adult men, uh, technically. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, it is weird. Like, I thought of girls that I had crushes on in middle school and, like, high school. And even now, the idea of telling them that or revealing that information is mortifying to me. (laughs) How about you? Um, Yeah, I don't know how to go about it, I think. I... Yeah, I, uh, I usually... I was really bad at it. Now I just kind of shoot my shot really awkwardly. It's really stupid. Like I, <laughs> I think um, at this point I try to show my full nerd is how I approach it. And like if she's not gonna into it, then it's not gonna work. So I don't know. Just... Oh, I I kind of meant like if I were to be like, oh, uh, hey, girl from my high school that I haven't seen, I had a crush on you back in the day. Oh, telling um. Don't you think that's, like, super embarrassing still? I would feel awkward just saying it, because I'd be like, why would she say, why are you telling me this information now? Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think I would do it now. Uh, no, I would not, because I was such a weirdo back then. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel the same way. I don't think I would ever do that. Unless I, I knew she was into me like... now. Yeah, I guess that is, like, a weird move to do, but sometimes I do think about that. I'm like, what if I was just like, yeah, I liked you back then. All right, bye. Well, that's... um, I'm not going to name names, but, like, my son's mother, like, she said when we... Because we we all went to school together, and then I we never hung out in school. I never mm-hmm. hung out with her directly after school, but a few years after, like, into college, I started hanging out with her. And she revealed to me that she used to, like, have a thing for me in school, but I was an oblivious child. <laughs> and, and, um, I don't know, it was flattering, I guess, but I I would also take any interest and attraction in me at that point. It turned out great. I'm very happy with our sure. relationship. Uh, yeah, it is, like, I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to be... Maybe it's weirder because we're men? I don't know. Like, the idea of telling a woman that, like, it seems too aggressive or something. Yeah, I would feel like if I told a woman that now, that she would feel like, yeah, like I said, why are you telling me this? Or it would be, like, a come on if I was saying something like that. I feel yeah, like... I, I kind of wish I could do it, like, in a way that was just like, this is a thing I felt, I don't do it now. Or just be like, oh, I liked you back in middle school. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and especially, I don't know, I was so stupid in middle school, she'd be like, <laughs> I don't think she'd be very flattered if I told her that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I was just I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know why, because I'm like, oh yeah, there were girls that I liked then, and I, I think if I had you know, any type of courage I might have, like, asked them out or something yeah. at the time, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if I said that, she'd be, oh, she'd just think, dodge that bullet. <laughs> <That's>... 
Did you ever have the thing where um, people would try and like be like, it's kind of a, a middle school thing you hear about where like, oh, you know, uh, she likes you. What do you think of her? Or like, it's that kind of like I told your friend <laughs> and he tells you or something. I had a girl like, in um, at summer camp and she was like a really goofy weird girl she was nice but and we still hung out but she came up to me and she said dylan if i asked you out would you say yes and i was like well is this are you asking me out <laughs> are, are you asking if like a hypothetical because like and she was just like yeah i'm asking you out. and i said no but um yeah it was just like weird to phrase it that way i guess i understand like I didn't have the balls to say that when I was her age. Yeah, that. I mean, I I totally get that kind of hypothetical kind of thing where it's like, hey, if I were to do this, how would you feel about it? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't care for that at all. Well, I won't do that, so my feelings aren't hurt. That <laughs> exactly. kind of thing. But they are. But inside, I am devastated. Yeah. Uh, worked out for the better, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I think uh, my like that middle school girlfriend I was talking about. I think her friend I am to me was like, "Hey, she likes you. <laughs> you want to ask her to homecoming?" I was like, "Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm in seventh grade. Hell yeah." Uh, shout outs to Bridget. <laughs> Who was it? Bridget. Is that the the friend who asked the? No, that was my that first girlfriend. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no last names. No, I'm probably not. not probably not a great I don't idea. Don't do her that embarrassment. Yeah, you can tell me later. No, she's very uh, nice. All right. Uh, yeah, that's all I had for questions. I just thought, like, I didn't have a quiz, so I was like, I'll just grill him. Yeah, he'll just else. send me in for interrogation. Yeah. Just as stressful. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will. Let's do some on Jade yeah, Bay. Are we gonna get Three some gifts. scary and silly here? Sure. This is uh, yeah. This is interesting. This is on our tropes episode too. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking about that when I was watching it. Um, on Jade Jeff, I am a jaded a hole who <laughs> doesn't love movies as much as he used to because they keep coming out and being bad. Typically, uh. And I'm trying to watch more to kind of hopefully get myself back into them eventually. Which it, I think it's worked because there have been, I've watched a few movies other than the ones that you've given me. So. Oh, really? I mean, but they've been, most of them, I think maybe all of them have been movies I've already seen. So that's, yeah. Hmm. Or actually there have been a few that I haven't, so that's something. There you go. Yeah. Broadening your horizons. Like, <laughs> Last night, uh, I rewatched a portion of that um, Starsky and Hutch with uh, oh, yeah. Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> I have that. I believe I own that movie. Yeah, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Oh, the great comedy duo of the 2000s, along with... Owen Wilson was everyone's buddy, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that is the kind of movie I like. Uh, I know we've talked about how I enjoyed... Um, Shanghai Noon, like it, it's kind of right in my wheelhouse for like weird comedy buddy cop kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Also, R- Rush Hour, yeah. also the same kind of deal. Oh man, yeah, they're both. Ah, oh, that's like just a triple Venn diagram of Jackie Chan and 
Owen Wilson and uh, what's his face? Chris ben, Tucker. Ben Stiller. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to think of buddy comedy people. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I watched Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh, a scary film that kind of attempts to subvert the various tropes about scary films and it does it in a kind of comedic way where it isn't really tongue-in-cheek it's kind of overtly it's a it's more comedy less horror yeah definitely uh it starts off with a found footage opening with a bunch of uh teens being killed yeah or no it's the found footage of the them of one of the bad guys like killing a few a camera team uh reminiscent of the resident evil 7 open air one of the scenes oh yeah uh it then goes to kind of a very kind of typical looking like you know house on haunted hill where it's a bunch of like bros and kind of like Trampy-ish yeah. chicks on a road trip. Yeah, it's your teen slasher gang. Yeah, or, uh, you know, like a I Know What You Did Last Summer-ish gang, kind of going on a road trip down to the woods, and they pass by these hillbillies in a truck who just stare at them very, in a very strange way. It's very ominous looking. Yeah. And there's a weird sepia tone kind of going on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's actually sepia, but it's like a kind of this kind of glazed over tone that they have a lot of times. Uh, they have it a few times during this in the film. Uh, they go into this gas station to pick up beer, and I'm kind of they go up to the guy, and I'm like, "Who asks where stuff is in a gas station?" And they're usually like really small and easy to find, especially <laughs> the beer. Because I'm like, it's in the cooler. It's, it's in the cooler, <laughs> yeah. and you can see usually see a cooler like right away. <laughs> I don't know. That, I was getting like, uh, I'm out of it. I'm done with this. <laughs> Nobody asks where stuff is at a gas station, uh, except for like a bathroom. Uh, yeah, and they have this kind of sub subverted setup where Tucker and Dale would they'd usually be kind of the bad guys typically, like they would be the right. kind of crazy hillbillies following them out into this thing and they uh got the i can't remember i think it's dale's the bigger guy yeah okay and he kind of goes up to i thought it was amber heard but i don't think it's there no i think it's just a little little like, girl. yeah yeah and he and you kind of get a sense of like oh they're these just kind of like nice dudes that are just trying to go on a fishing trip yeah they're kind of square and odd social misfits once again um they have this weird kind of like gay intended scene where he's like looking for when they're getting pulled over by the cop like he's like in his lap and stuff like that like his head's in his lap and the I don't know. Oh, I yeah. Strange. Yeah, I, I must have blocked that from memory, but now that you mention <laughs> it, yeah, that is not the humor that I was looking for. I, I think that's what they were going for with that scene where he's, like, coming up, like, out of his lap or something yeah. like that. And the cop's like, hey. And he gives them, like, this is kind of something that happens in horror films. The cop gives this, like, warning, like, don't go up there. Yeah. Only bad 
things can go up there. Your prophet of doom. Yeah. Like, they have it in, um, I think one of the the Jasons or, you know, or one of the uh, Michael Myers films where it's like, they've got this crazy guy, don't go up into the woods there. Yeah. Only bad stuff can come up there. Crazy Ralph in Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. And this is, yeah, I think this is the one where they have, like, the kind of, at some point, they have the sepia gloss mm-hmm. over the film for some reason. I don't know why. Give it an older look. Yeah. Uh, they get to the kind of the shack place. Uh, there's a bunch of crime scene, like, clippings over the wall, and they kind of looking over them, I'm like, oh, coupons! <laughs> like, they only notice, like, there's coupons, like, attached to the wall. They see all these, like, grisly, like, murder happened here. Five years ago. Uh, yeah, is this... Did they inherit the cabin? Is that what it is? Or, like, he won it or something? I think he bought it as, like, just his vacation cabin. I think yeah. he, like, put a bunch of money down on it. Uh, the kid, Chad, who, spoiler alert, ends up being the, the bad guy. Whoa, flip it on its head. Yeah. He is. He has an inhaler, and he's also smoking. I noticed that <laughs> is one of the things. Like he's well, the first things you'd see him do. He's like he's smoking, and then he's like, oh, you know, kind of this inhaler thing. Thought that was very strange, but I guess it's supposed to be like, oh, this guy's an idiot, also. Yes. And then he tells the story where they have an actual sepia tone thing about the hillbilly murders of '76 or whatever mm-hmm. it is, where. Like, uh, he goes, shh, to the girl, and he stabs her in the neck and all that stuff. Yeah. And he throws a buzzsaw into a guy's head. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, over the top. And they kind of have the, it, the kind of classic horror trope of girl falling. <laughs> <laughs> just girls can't keep it together when there's people being killed, and they just fall over their own feet, apparently. Uh, they get to a point where the I think this is right before the skinny dipping and Chad's trying to hit on the I think it's Allison and I'm like oh Chad's a real creep yeah. <laughs> he's just like oh yeah you're real special <laughs> yeah I'm real special and I think he kisses her at that point and she's like oh not into it <laughs> yeah and this is kind of the, one of those things where sometimes when it's done for comedy, I really like it. Other times, I really hate it. Uh, it's a series of misunderstandings where, like, everything that is just, like... It, I mentioned it in, I think I was talking about Frasier, where it's, like, that idiot plot. Yeah. Where it's, like, if you just said something, like, or if there was some type of, like, clearing up, like, you, there'd be no story. But it's also, like... He was how to resolve this easily. But he was stung by bees while chainsawing. Yeah. <laughs> you try talking while you're being stung by bees. Yeah. Yeah, when they start, like, they don't understand what's happening. I, like, later on, I'm just like, how... That is, it's a good point. Like, how are they going to explain this? They're like, but the way they kind of clarify that to themselves is also, like, insane. Like, they're these kids trying to kill themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, yeah, I forgot they had to justify it to themselves. Yeah. Uh, they've kind of the meet-cute between Dale and Allison after she falls into the lake and they kind of 
rescue her and they're like we got your friend <laughs> yeah. and they're like no, oh they got her <laughs> yeah uh they the guy has the chainsaw he chainsaws the bee's nest and the other kid sees him run by him and you see like oh there's some realization like oh what's happening and he gets impaled by the tree branch oh, yeah. yeah and then at the very end like a bee lands on me you kind of see like oh i think i know why he's running yeah. and dies uh, <laughs> they try and attack the hillbillies the one guy has a spear and he falls into the pit uh, and he impales himself another boy impaled uh, and what the other boy goes for the wood chipper <laughs> and when he's like halfway through it so 100% dead like no questions Tucker goes like you okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was like really. <laughs> I love that. I love that joke. I'll never get tired of a joke. <laughs> Is he okay? Joke like when you talk about a grizzly death or something, and then you just oh, is he okay? Like I, I love it. It's so stupid. Yeah, uh, yeah. the cop arrives. And you kind of see, like, he's trying to see it from their perspective. He's like, I told you what would happen. And he's like, not, he's not just going to arrest them straight out. He kind of knows what's going on. Uh, then he dies. He's hit in the face with, like, nails from that thing. Yeah. It's like a board with nails, and then he comes out. Uh, then the kids and the hillbillies have, like, the, have a shootout with a nail gun and an actual <laughs> gun. Yeah, I just love the slapsticky stupidness combined with a horror movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a lot of, like, role reversal kind of stuff in here that I'm kind of like, like I like it. I, I'm kind of into it, because that, that's, you know, I think it is a comedy done well. Uh, they kind of have this weird kind of couples therapy moment when they finally, like, kind of all get everyone together between chad and telling his weird life story and dale talking about like i don't know why you're trying to kill us <laughs> uh the rest of the kids die in terrible ways they try and come in and save everyone uh it doesn't work out they all get killed in various ways the cabin blows up the one guy gets set on fire uh yeah they have the kind of i think they try and drive away. It doesn't happen. Uh, Dale finally finds out he has to go and rescue Allison. He kind of has that gear up moment where he puts on like a like a belt and his uh, welding helmet and all this stuff and chainsaw. He has the fight with Chad where he kind of does this kind of weird like slow motion throwing of the buzz. I think it's a buzzsaw. Yeah. The rope. Yeah. Uh, Chad defeated by T. It's a reference to his chamomile uh, <laughs> uh, allergy, which they oh, referenced yeah, yeah. earlier. Yeah, earlier. I don't like chamomile. It activates my asthma or something. Yeah. Uh, then the 
camera crew shows up, which kind of goes back into the opening of the movie where you find out that Chad was the guy that apparently killed them. He kills that camera crew that goes into the bar and he survived. Hell survived yeah. the fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I heard there might be a sequel to this. Really? Yeah. Then they have the bowling ending where it's Dale and Allison bowling and Tucker who survived somehow. It looked like he had been cut open pretty well. Yeah. But he lived, I guess. Uh, and they kind of have a, you know, a kiss and date and all that stuff. And one of his hillbilly friends punches a woman, like, in the next lane over. It's very strange. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to... Well. Yeah, he's trying to tell his friend to just go for it, and his friend, like, who isn't as, you know, kind of refined as him, like, punches the woman when he tries to hit on her. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Then it, yeah, then it ends. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, I think early on I was kind of like, oh, it's, eh. But I don't know, it kind of, it had some good parts. It's, you know, not the best movie I've ever seen, but it was enjoyable. I liked it. Yeah, I... I was tossing up between this and Cabin in the Woods, um, but this is just more accessible, I think. Cabin in the yeah. Woods is very sci-fi-ish, but they're both, like, kind of explore the tropes and why the tropes of horror movies exist. Isn't that one more meta, too? It's, it's more very like a... meta, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I like sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. If it's done well. But I, I did like the kind of like this is definitely a subverted version and i a comedy version of anything i almost prefer more than the real thing really <laughs> like a you know like a pink panther i prefer over james bond almost any day you know what i mean right not the steve martin ones <laughs> yeah, the peter seller ones that's the one personally that came to mind yeah not the one with beyonce no i think she was in the second one <laughs> although I, I do uh i think that's uh austin powers oh yeah yeah yeah. No, I think she was in a Pink Panther movie, too. Oh, was she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, although, I, I think I like Austin Powers more than James Bond, also. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Third one, not as great, but it's alright. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, alright. We're gonna move into Anna Maybe, where yep. I... I'm trying to explore the world of anime, but there's so many of them that I have Jeff direct me on my quest here. And this week, for also to get in the scary mood, I watched Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer? Goblin Slayer. Really? That's not what I gave you. It isn't? No. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) What was I supposed to watch? I think it was Tokyo Ghoul. Ghoul! Damn! I knew it was a weird thing with a G monster. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Goblin Slayer? I'm aware of the first episode. I know you are, because I remember yeah. we talked about it once. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, because I kept searching for Goblin, and I couldn't like find anything. I was like, this is the only show with Goblins in it. Alright, yeah. so I'm going to talk about a show you've never seen before. Yeah, all right. You'll have to convince me to watch it because based on that first episode, it's I'm rough. Sure. It is. I was wondering. I was like, Jeff said this was really rough. And like, does he think he didn't tell me about it, <laughs> or does he not remember telling me about what happens in this? Is he trying to trick me? Because trigger warning: the first episode, 
goblins are little rapists and pretty terrible and they and they hold back a little but not a lot in showing like what goes on when goblins get a hold of you and women and it's uh it's pretty gross um so yeah i watched this show called goblin slayer that i wasn't supposed to watch um uh oh man i had a really hard question to ask you too that i was hoping you could shed light on damn i might be able to I'm, i've got some awareness of it but not a lot so uh well the show is i mean it takes place in a fantasy world where it opens up on this priestess girl and she's trying to find like an adventuring group to go with so she can earn money and skills and stuff and um they talk a lot about like rank and quest the they go to a quest board to like get adventures and like trying to form a party so i was like it's like they're in a video game are they in a video game none of these characters also have names it's like farm girl priestess they're just named by their class pretty much uh goblin slayer that's his only name and um whatever the hell uh there's like hunter archer elf and something like that and uh dwarf and lizard man or lizard shaman or something but uh yeah they never have names um (laughs) yeah so yeah it opens with her priestess she's kind of the main character besides goblin slayer because you also told me it was like so tokyo ghoul two people get together right or something it's a date yeah it's a date oh man so you said two people get together i thought you meant further adventures because priestess ends up getting together with the goblin slayer and like teaming up so i was like okay this is what he wanted me to watch it's got goblins and (laughs) two people teaming up this is what i was supposed to watch Uh, (laughs) man uh but so yeah she ends up going with these rookie adventurers who are gonna I mean, if you ever played D&D or any fantasy game, it's kind of a trope that goblins are, like, the weakling monster that you go after first and kind of level up with. So this uh, team of, I think, three other adventurers is like, we're going to go to the caverns and fight some goblins to just get some XP and some gold. But uh, they end up going there and getting pretty royally duped and outsmarted by these goblins and out raped by these goblins and uh yeah Yeah. (laughs) killed by these goblins and um my second note is this does not make me feel good uh (laughs) it was pretty gross to watch um yeah no good feelings in the show at all uh but then the goblin so yeah uh first adventuring boy dies um second uh i think uh it's the fighter girl or it might be yeah fighter girl gets dragged off and sexually assaulted by these goblins which is just gross and then there's like one more girl that they're fighting with and goblin slayer shows up and he starts just like chucking torches chucking oil he's got he's like tactical he's like the punisher here he knows what he's doing he just comes in and he's like you help me priestess is the only one left standing and she's like when i get tell you to cast light you cast light or whatever and he like he's just very tactical he's like shaman down this hallway goblin ogre this way he knows the stuff um and so he and so he helps priestess escape 
he kills like 13 goblins and he's doing this cool thing where it happens in Deadpool. I know you haven't seen Deadpool, but he's like counting out like the go how many he's counting down how many goblins he's got left to kill and he's kind of like taking inventory. He's like two, one, blah, and uh, so it's kind of neat how tactical he is about it. He's in like you never see his face. He's in this giant armor. Sometimes he's like CGI rendered. Sometimes he's not. Um, they kind of make comments on like why does he wear this type of armor? Why is his sword so short and dinky? And they're like, no, he knows what he's doing. He's because he's in caves. He can't. His sword cannot be long. That's why he carries a crappy short sword. So, like that's why the first boy died. He was swinging around this long sword and he was hitting the cave walls. So he. Goblin Slayer knows how to slay goblins. It's his name. Um, so he ends up helping Priestess. I think they help the sexually assaulted woman out too. Which, I don't know which fate would have been better for her. Uh, she, they escape. Um, Priestess kind of teams up to help Goblin Slayer from then on out for a month. Uh, he... And they, she finds out he only slays goblins. It's a, that's why his name's Goblin Slayer. And he waits for all the adventurers to go to the quest board in the morning and, you know, take their quests. And then he just waits for the goblins because no one wants the goblins. And he... You kind of find out uh, his, like, town was destroyed by goblins. His sister was also sexually assaulted by goblins. And... Uh, um, and he's just lost his mind. He, he lives on this farm now with Farm Girl, is her name. There is a very, like, I think the, uh, episode one, like, is him in the cave with Priestess and coming out. And then episode two starts out at the farm. And, like, very gratuitous boob shaking and nudity from Farm Girl right off the bat. So it's this weird juxtaposition where it's like this brutality and then like look at this eye candy. It's just very odd. And But you find out she knows she knew Goblin Slayer when he was a kid and she's he's living at her farm again with her uh, father. And uh, she kind of has a thing for him but dad her dad's like you know don't get too close and you kind of think he's uh noble and episode two kind of goes through like why he kills goblins like it's my job it's, no one takes them seriously if they keep procreating it's terrible like i will take on the burden of the exterminator it's terrible it's brutal what i have to do because he kills like goblin children too you see him killing goblin children he's like he's just like he he's so like this is his duty and farmer dad is like yeah I don't want you to get too close to him he's noble but you know he's like batshit crazy too and she's like yeah I know so like everyone kind of sees like there's something up with Goblin Slayer um but yeah so at, then episode 2 kind of ends with this monologue of him and Priestess are like burning down this fort of goblins and he's like talking about how the burden of the exterminator or whatever and so it gets really intense and then episode three like heavily heavily hints like it starts with the opening narration from priestess and she's talking about like the 
chaos happening and forming the world and she goes and the gods cast their dice and it shows like dice rolling and i'm just like is this a dungeons and dragons game like do you know anything about that like it really seems like this is just a game of dungeons and dragons uh no i don't know that, that if that's your question it's uh, just weird no. that like they they refer to that a few times like dice rolls and like chaos and they refer to like overlords they only talk in like classes and just the weird adventure boarding there's there's so many references to like a D or role-playing type-esque fantasy game yeah i wonder if they're i don't know because of they have kind of the weird juxtaposition between kind of the super intense thing and then like sexy girl kind of thing in the next one i don't know if they're trying to take away like some of the person i don't know how to say it like the personality to it to kind of like i don't know it's some type of commentary that i don't understand i don't know it could be yeah because then well he ends up like episode three he ends up teaming up with a bunch of other characters are introduced and i think it's going to be his party for like the remainder of there's i think there's just 12 episodes this came out last year i didn't realize how new this was um but yeah there's like 12 episodes and i guess they're making a movie as well but i think the party ends up for the rest the remainder and they introduced a lot of them but like i said they're all referred to as like hunter archer elf and like dwarf barbarian and stuff like that yeah that is it, and they are, I guess they are looking for the Goblin Slayer because there's something happening, like the doors to hell are opening and the army from hell is going to start stampeding in. I guess it starts with goblins or whatever. And he's just like, if there's goblins, I'll kill them. I don't care. So it's, I'm interested in the character of the Goblin Slayer. He's kind of that like brute force, silent hero type that I'm into. I'm not sure if he has much of a story. It was very cringy and shocking. Um, after that first rape, they kind of tone it down after that. There's like a lot of blood. Uh, it's pretty violent. Uh, and like I said, I mean, there could be another rape in there. It's, it's just gross. Like, why do you have to go there? Um, it just adds so much brutality to the beginning. I guess it kind of shows like because he kills goblin children in the first episode too and they kind of make a big deal out of it a big show out of it too so i guess it's just kind of like this is what you're getting into um which like so (laughs) i don't know i actually i did uh, like i don't like that stuff but i also was like i mean i get uh, declined at that point who knows they could pick it back up again like i'm afraid that something equally as brutal or more brutal could happen later on but like yeah episode three left off at a point where they were like about to storm down somewhere i'm like i would kind of like to see where this goes but maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, i have i because i haven't watched this i'm not completely sure about everything i have heard reference that the children are born from those assaults i think i've heard that's a thing like the goblin oh, children. Yeah, I think they might have mentioned that. Yeah. 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 It's dark. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's how they procreate. Yeah, so maybe they'll get into that more. I don't know. I was. Yeah. 
Yeah, that leave that out. But yeah, man, I'm I'm torn. I, I mean, I I I'm guessing getting it with Anna. I don't know. I couldn't recommend it. Anna, maybe. I guess like I don't like doing that, but um, I guess that. For I'm just intrigued. I want to see where it goes. I don't think I'd recommend it to anyone ever, but I would. I kind of want to see where the story goes. Sure. So maybe Anna Yes with an asterisk. Anna Yes would not recommend. <laughs> to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh... Skip the first episode. How about that? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, just watch the ending commentary where he. No, yeah, no, well, and yeah, and just be ready. Skip the first, because <laughs> then the second episode opens up on, like, boobs. So, I don't know, like, a completely naked girl. <laughs> it's just so weird, tonal shift. It is so weird. But I like yeah. that I can at least remember the character names, because, and I don't call them Moki, Mokichi or whatever I did. I don't call them terms of endearments instead of their actual names. Alright. Uh, well, how about next time you do Tokyo Ghoul? I will do Tokyo Ghoul next time. Uh, yeah. I can do the actual one. I'm going to write it down this time. I didn't write it down because so I was like, oh, it's how many goblin animes can there be? <laughs> There's one, and it's not. I wasn't supposed to look up goblin ones anyway. Tokyo Ghoul. Just put it on my list. Yeah. Jeez. I think it's. Uh, I know it's on Hulu. It might also be on Netflix. You know what? I even remember Googling that when you said it, and I probably had it in my, like, Google history. Tokyo Ghoul. Here we go. It's in my notes. Saved. Boom. Oh, what do you get for a movie? Um, I'm just gonna do this one off the top of my head, just because I just watched this the other night, and I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Um, and this is a true horror movie. Uh, I'm going to suggest the Friday the 13th reboot. The It's a 2009 version. So not... Wait, yeah. So the Rob Zombie one? Is that Rob Zombie? That's Halloween. Okay. This, I'm not sure which director did this. It was just called Friday the 13th. And All right. it was made in 2009. And I, I'm not a huge slasher fan because I just find them redundant. But I was... If, I was like this is and knowing like the tropes of Friday the thirteenth, you'll I think you'll like it too. Or All right. for and yeah, I don't like horror movies, but I it did make me jump. In a good way. It was one of those ones where I was like ah it was one of those ones where you could jump and then laugh about it, like ah, ha, ha. Oh, he got me, Jason. Yeah. Alright. Wrap it up. Alright, yeah, you can uh contact us wholegdshow at gmail.com all the socials are at wholegd at wholegdshow you know the twitter the uh, facebook.com slash wholegdshow uh, Caleb O'Ryan does our music you can find him on Spotify and streaming services rate and review us on iTunes get the word out there where can people find you Jeff uh Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, at RewriterShaw, doing uh, jokes, uh, art stuff. I also just had us approved to Stitcher. Oh, cool. Stitcher, we 
can find us there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check, see if that boosts the numbers. That's cool. I didn't. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. I submitted it the other day and it got approved today, I believe. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Until next time. Yeah. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Later.